I'm Michael Cass. Welcome to Arts North. Remember that the Renaissance took place during a time of chaos and plague, and perhaps this is our Renaissance today. I have somebody with me, uh, wonderful. We were just talking. You, you heard us before the introduction about about Métis style and Aaron Stagg, a Métis artist. Do you recognize your, yes. do you? Do you, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I'm recognize yourself as? Self-identify. Self-identify? Yes, do you yes. identify as a Métis artist? Yes. I do. I'm a BT yeah. woman, yes, from BC. And so did you, is that a new thing for you, like like identifying as a BT woman or? Maybe like publicly, because I grew up always being told that I was Métis. I always knew that. What that meant to me was a little different. Like I didn't really know, like I didn't have the depth of the knowledge and culture behind me. Yeah. Because I didn't necessarily know our history or, you know, a lot about Métis culture, but so I never felt comfortable like openly saying I am Métis. I might have put it in little places, mm-hmm. but not like with an open heart said like proudly I am Métis and I know what that means. Yeah. That's a recent thing for me. The reason I ask is because I, I, I've followed your art, right? Because <laughs> we've known each other for a few years. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And, and I followed your art. So I remember we first, I think we first met at Art Battle maybe before and we battled against each other. Yeah, 100%. That's definitely where we met. And, um... And then, and then, I, so you know, I follow you on Instagram and Facebook, and that, and I, and that, so I've watched your art, and and I've watched it like just evolve, and and get like, yeah, we've come a long way, way. better. Like it's <laughs> not that it was bad, but it's just grown. It, I will just say that grown. I have grown technically, and this year I've grown a lot, like in the heart mm-hmm. aspect too, yeah. like. In the past few years, I had had lots of technical growth, but I really felt like I was lacking like the depth mm-hmm. and the heart behind it. And this year has really like changed things. And so yeah. I'm very, very excited. I was looking at some of the pieces that you were showing Lisa and and I and we're going to get into your show a little bit later. Uh but I noticed the style is it's like drastically different. different than what, what I'm used to seeing. And it's really exciting. I really love it. Your style has evolved into sort of, um, I don't know. what It's, is, an, really it's Métis style. It's Métis style. <laughs> that, it's Métis style. So when I was in Saskatchewan, I mean, we'll talk more about this later too. But when I was in Saskatchewan and I got to see more Métis art and even some of my ancestors' art, which like blew mm. my mind entirely, mm-hmm. um, I got to see that and it kind of informed a lot and it just kind of sat in my brain. And when I came home, that's just how my art came out. And it's not... I don't think that it's going to permanently depart in this particular style for mm-hmm, my show, mm-hmm. but I am very excited for this piece because I think it starts the beginning of the evolution of where it will go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect yeah. sense. <laughs> uh, I think as artists, I, I, I think we, if we get s- stuck in a certain style all the time, it becomes pretty boring <laughs> yeah, pretty boring I'm yeah like, like, I'm like you know what i've done that and i'm done now right like i, I don't can replicate do a photo like pick a photo get yeah. harder then and eventually yeah. it just gets boring the boring. only thing that i can do that you know consistently stays pretty challenging is painting water mm-hmm. because that's extremely difficult yeah um but 
I also just don't want to paint water all the time yeah. either, right? Like, I want to I wanna do something more than that. So you were talking about, oh, actually, I was going to ask, where in Saskatchewan? We went all over Saskatchewan. So yeah. we went to, we spent three weeks in Saskatchewan. We started in North Battleford, which is where lots of my family is from. Yeah. And then we went down to the south to the Capel Valley. Yeah. And that's where some more family is from. Yeah. And so we just like went around and hit up some of our hot spots. Duck Lake? Did you go to Duck Lake? No. Did we go to Duck Lake? We went really close to Duck Lake. Duck but Lake I don't think we have Duck Lake people. But I, yeah, Duck Lake yeah. is a big, yeah. big Métis. Big Métis. Big Métis. I uh, I lived in Meadow Lake, oh, which is north of North my, Battleford. That's where my my mom is from. Oh, that's really? Like, oh my God! Do you know Do you know how many people I know that live out in BC that have either lived or have family in Meadow Lake? And Amazing. I'm like, I'm like seriously. Are you Métis? No, no. My my <laughs> wife, my ex wife, my ex wife yeah. was Métis. Is Métis. Uh, her family's all from from uh, northern Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a huge like history behind why there's lots of Métis people in northern Saskatchewan, and that's wild. It is amazing the history, like learning about it. It's just so, so, so cool. It's so cool. I had my first show, my I think it was my very first serious show in Prince Albert. Mm, yeah, that's exciting. we're a little bit south, but, yeah, uh, but that's not too yeah, far not south. Not too far south. That's still in the north. But yeah, Meadow Lake. Yeah. I have fond and not so fond memories of Meadow Lake, but it's isn't about when me. I went to Meadow Lake. I was like, holy shit, this looks just like Fort St. James. Like not the town, but like I went all around Saskatchewan mm-hmm. in the south, and then I went to Meadow Lake at the very end, and I've. Um, You know, that's where my mom was born. My grandpa was born. That's where, you know, we're from. And when I drove up there, I was like, oh, my goodness. This looks, the drive up there looks almost like like so much like Mm -hmm. Fort St. James. And that's where I grew up was Fort St. James. And it was just like so like wild. Now I know why my parents, like my grandparents, when they settled over here in BC, why they picked Fort? Because it looked just like home. It looked just like home. <laughs> yeah. So family and, and and you say growing up. When did you? So first of all, are, are there? Are you the only artist in your family, or are there other artists? Um, my aunt on my dad's side is an artist. My cousin on my dad's side. This is not my AT side. Mm-hmm. There, it's a German Ukraine Mennonite. Mm-hmm. Mennonite. Mm-hmm. And so I've got some artists on that side and on my mom's side my mom i remember her painting dressers for us and she painted little kitties on mine beautiful <laughs> kitties like she did such a good job and she never really you know recognized what a good job she did and yeah so she painted us all like dressers and she'd do stuff like that for us and really she has like an art spirit mm-hmm. even if she doesn't like paint you know I can't, I, I can understand. I, that would probably influence you a great deal oh, without 100%. even like subconsciously. Maybe. And she always yeah. was so supportive. She was always like, Aaron, you should go into oh. art school and Aaron, you should be an artist. And I was like, mom, you can't make money that way. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true, but and it's like, yeah, but I, I've been a professional artist now for like six years. Mm-hmm. I don't have another job. This is what I do. Yeah. So. 
so when did you know when did you know like when did you know in your heart you know that moment there's that moment where you say fuck yeah man i'm an artist <laughs> right yeah i remember it was like after a specific painting and i had like this hope that i could and i'd been painting and painting and painting but nothing was really coming out like that I felt like, I could, you know, it just wasn't really matching up yet. And then I did this one particular painting that I gifted to my sister. And it, I just looked at it and was like, holy shit, I painted that. Like, that's me. I yeah. did that with yeah. my hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was really, really exciting. I thought, wow, wow. Maybe, like, maybe this hope that I have, like, there, there's something here. Like, mm -hmm. I can, like, there's... There's something here. And so, yeah, that was a pretty. That was the pretty epiphany. Meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. I had the hope. I remember when I was a kid and I had like these distant dreams that I could be an artist and I'd like do a, a painting. I'm like, oh, I better save this just in case I'm famous one day. And, I just, <laughs> and then, even to yeah. myself, then I would laugh. <laughs> like, lol, is so funny, Aaron. But I would just laugh about it and I would do it anyway. And I would just keep that to myself. But it's you know. always, uh, I, and I, I, you know, I can't figure, and I talked about the Renaissance at the beginning, you know, the little tagline. And I can't figure out what happened. Like what happened where art, being art, an artist used to be a, an honorable and, and, a, and a wonderful uh, vocation or occupation, if you want to call it that. And, and suddenly it changed to being something flighty and fluffy and kind of bullshit. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't know. But that's not really up for us to decide right. right like yeah how i think about it is my job isn't to decide how my art is received or to control that my job is to make art period mm -hmm. right like look at van gogh he is one of the most celebrated people he was in a time where nobody gave a shit about him mm -hmm. right at all period not even him as a person like his brother did like nobody cared <clears throat> and look at the work that he's done like no amount of him caring or him trying would have made a difference no. his job was to make art right his sister-in-law is the one that and i need a manager like that <laughs> our job is to make just art, to make right? the art. Yeah. our job is to yeah. make art that's a good way to put it i know i know for me when i read that moment when we realize that yeah, well, I don't really give a shit what you think about it, right? Like, I don't care. You know what? I just made it. I like it. It's mm -hmm. fun. I had a good time doing it, or I, or it was a cathartic yeah. episode. I needed to do, but I made it. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, well, that's the thing that's about fine. art is that it exists for multiple purposes. Part of it is the necessary expression of self that is incredibly therapeutic. And is beneficial not just to artists, but to people who, any peop, any person, right? There's so many things that are art that are therapeutic and beneficial, like poetry and ceramics and, mm -hmm. right? Music. Cooking. Cooking, absolutely. Sewing. And so, and then there's the other part that's the commercial side. Yeah. And it's just like, sometimes you're going to make a banger <laughs> and sometimes you're not. Right. Yeah, the stuff that the stuff that sells helps fund the stuff that doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> and like, I'm okay with that. Like it's all good, and some things are a necessary expression that needs to exist. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
I noticed that so the pieces and, and we're we're gonna like we're just teasing people with this show. This show is coming up. You're just I was noticing people. I'm this, just sitting here. <laughs> the, um, I think I blushed for a second. Um, <laughs> um, the usually you work on canvas. Am I mm. am I right? But Correct. Th- these pieces that you have for the show are not canvas so primarily what do you work in and we're going to go i primarily work on acrylic on canvas sometimes i'll paint on wood Mm -hmm. wood is fun Mm -hmm. but primarily acrylic on canvas but these pieces are are acrylic on paper on paper yes how did you find it i've never painted acrylic on paper oh really i did it for a commission a while ago and i was like oh my god painting on paper with acrylic is so hard oh my god it's different um but it just, I guess it just sat in my brain as an idea because mm-hmm. I'm not a watercolorist. And so when I came around to my show, I just was like, this is how it needs to be. I, I wanted to paint on script papers and I'll talk about what script papers mm-hmm. are, but I wanted to paint on script papers and I thought, God, how am I going to technically do that? Like if I printed out on a canvas one that's going to cost me like a hilarious fortune mm-hmm. and there's lots of technical challenge and then it won't look like paper like it'll look like it'll remove itself from mm-hmm. what it needs to be and I thought, oh i think i gotta paint on paper like i i gotta and so i went through and i found my ancestors script papers which i had had a few before um because we've been doing our genealogy um and so I found some more and I printed them out on an inkjet printer <laughs> and I had, yeah, cause I was like, I don't know how else to do this. Mm-hmm. And maybe those, these paintings won't like stand the test of time, but th- I don't really care. This is how they needed to be made. Right. I don't care if they're around in 300 years. <laughs> Golden. My acrylic paintings will be. Golden used to have a product called uh, a digital ground. Mm. And so you would you would use it like a gesso, but you mm. could you could paint it on anything, and then run it through an inkjet printer. Mm. That's so, neat. Yeah. So what is the script paper? Right. So script papers. We'd been doing our genealogy, and for Métis people, genealogy is a big deal mm-hmm. because we don't say I'm a quarter Métis, right? That's not. That's a colonialist idea. Mm-hmm that you your blood can be divided up into something right Mm -hmm. you're you're a person yeah (laughs) you're not not a pie yeah and and so we go back by who do we come from Mm -hmm. that is when you do your metis status you go through your genealogy and you say this is who i'm related to Mm -hmm. and then if you can go back to red river and metis settlements and you can show that your people met, identified as Métis, mm-hmm. and you can get your card. We've had our card for ages. My grandma had her card, so mm-hmm. it's e- very easy for me to get mine. But I wanted to know about our story. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't just want a card. I want to know, like, who are these people, and you know, what, where did they come from? And so script papers are extremely important in that because they show that your ancestors identified as Métis because... Script papers were kind of like the treaty system. Mm-hmm. Métis people wanted to be part of the treaty system. They wanted land, reserve. They were like, fine, I'll take a reserve like so I can have some land, so I can have something. But after the Métis resistance of 1885, where the Métis were defeated, the government wanted 
to scatter the Métis so that they couldn't form a second resistance. Oh, okay, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because the Métis were real good. We won every battle but one, mm-hmm. which is the one apparently that defeated us all. So, the Battle of Batash. Anyway, so going through all that, I know Métis history, like, it matters, the context matters mm-hmm. to know what script papers are. So, we were defeated and the government decided because it had been taking they'd been taking our land for settlers and so we one of the reasons that we had a resistance in the first place was because we wanted land so the government went to design this system for us called the script system mm-hmm. where if you were metis if you were half breed okay they didn't use the government mm-hmm. did not use the word metis yeah. they used the word half breed if you were half breed you could apply and then they would go through a very lengthy process, but you could potentially get either land or money. Mm-hmm. And so some people chose money, which would have been the equivalent of like $2,000 nowadays. Honestly, not that not much that money. Not that much, no. Or you could get some land, like 240 acres. Right? Mm-hmm. Hey, now we're talking. I can take the land. But the problem lies in the details where what they would do was they would send that land up maybe Meadow Lake, yeah. up north, up in Alberta, up far away from any current Métis settlements. And so this is how many Métis people ended up in the north and not in Red River where they're from. Mm-hmm. This was really challenging because farming isn't as good. No, <laughs> no. Right? And so it was very difficult for our people to survive. But the script system has been called the largest land swindle in North America because of all the script lands that were issued, almost none are in are in Métis hands today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because people would sit outside the office and they would offer to buy script at a fraction of the cost and they would become very wealthy in land. The church would offer to hold the papers for you, but the papers don't have your name on them. So the church managed to acquire huge tracts of land in this Mm -hmm. way. And just in general, it was a way to extinguish the indigenous title of the Métis people. And these papers... So you're not painting on the original... Oh, I can't get the original. I went onto the government website where it said, these papers are to only be used for, I don't know. I didn't even listen to them. I don't care. I'm using them to make art. Yeah. You guys. And so you painted on the original? No, no, no. No, no. I can't get the originals. I can't get the originals. But you did get a copy of them. Yeah. Because the one, the poster for your show um, is, is, is a script. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's quite a few pages papers in the process. Lots of it is application. And then there's like a document that um that looks almost like money mm-hmm. kind of and it has no no um names or anything on it. And that is the actual like piece of paper that you would have redeemed for land. So, so there's you, many pages. And you used you use the term uh you use the term half breed. Yes. And that is part of the name of my of, show. Of your show. What's yes, your show? My show is called Half Breed Mother. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to express a really complicated 
feeling and complicated emotion of being Métis, being a half-breed. This is the word that my mom used and mm. continues to use. Seriously? Yes. Even up until this? Wow. Oh, because wow. that... That is what we were called. Mm-hmm. Like, that is how my grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-great-grandparents, that is the word that was used for a long time, specifically to put us down, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To get the idea in our heads that we are half. We're not a whole person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're half. We're mm-hmm. less half, less than, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But doing this, I wanted to kind of reclaim it. Like, we're not half this painting this collection should show a wholeness Mm -hmm. a whole sense of self a whole sense of love and culture and an expression of happiness and joy and love that they couldn't take you know they tried to take that from us Mm -hmm. the government tried to ensured that we weren't passing down our heritage, that Mm -hmm. we weren't passing down our language, our culture. We weren't staying as a family. They tried to divide us. They tried all those tactics, a a cultural genocide, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I don't care that you call us a half breed. You're not going to stomp that spirit that we have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is what, my art show shows us that that spirit, right? And lots of that for me came as a result of motherhood. When I got pregnant, I started being so much more curious about where I came from. Mm-hmm. And that's where like working with our genealogy really started, where me and mom started the journey. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of like came to a big crescendo when we went out to Saskatchewan together. And now I'm having an art show about it. <laughs> so you're like, what an eventful two years, though. I mean, I'm going to yes, just take a step back before the show. Um, our, uh, I don't, I don't think I mentioned it. Erin um, is the uh, Prince George and uh, the Community Arts Council, of Prince George and Districts, artists and residents for for the last few years, only like because. <laughs> Because of a pandemic. I literally got my keys in like February (laughs) 2020. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, cool. We'll plan some like um, painting parties and we'll plan some like art classes in here. And then I think I had one. Mm -hmm. I think I got one. And then everything closed. And then I haven't been able to like do anything until like this summer mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I got pregnant in January and I had my daughter in October. So we got a pandemic, we have mm-hmm. a pregnancy mm-hmm. and we have painting. So uh-huh. we have the three P's. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> so what a challenge. What a challenge. It just, it's just how did, the craziest. How years. did you get through it? Like, how do you get through it? I don't know. Family. Yeah. Like, spent a lot of time with family. Last year, we spent a lot of time collecting medicine, a lot of time on the land, which is really, really important for us. Yeah. 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 So is this a reconnection for you, your connection to the land? Because I noticed, though, your paintings, like, uh, are all mostly, no, I shouldn't say all, Um are na- nature based. Yes. Right. Yes. And is that where you get your inspiration? I have such from? a deep connection to the land. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid, I was like eight 
And that's when I ran into my first bear alone because I would just like wander out in, we had like 15 acres Mm -hmm. of forest and I would just go and like wander around. (laughs) I'm like eight (laughs) alone. I was like, did we have a dog? I don't think the dog came with me because I remember like coming around a corner and seeing a bear and it wasn't a very very big bear. And Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa. Okay, mom told me what to do. I know yeah. what to do here. And so I like did all the things mom told me what to do. And then I came home and I was like, oh my God. And that was like the first of many bear encounters for yeah. me. And we would have like, oh, there's a cougar in the area, Aaron. I'm like, okay, we'll travel as a pair. We're like 12. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. just little. Okay, there'll be two of us instead of one. <laughs> like, yeah. We would just spend so much time out in the forest and... When I was in elementary, I took carrier class, Mm -hmm. which was like the best, the best. I just loved learning about the land and the language of the carrier people Mm -hmm. and their medicines. And I just, it made me feel indigenous, even though I knew I wasn't carrier. Mm -hmm. Like I, I felt like a little bit of an outsider because I knew you know, I, that mm-hmm. wasn't my culture. Mm-hmm. They were so lovely and embraced me, and they were just amazing. I felt like the little white girl in class. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so awesome, and lots of that, like, just really informed my identity. Mm-hmm. And when I went to university, I didn't go for art. Mm. I studied geography, physical geography, and biology, and plant I biology. I love geography. So much. And so I learned about glaciers and biogeomorphology. Lots of those big words, yeah. right? I learned lots about the land, right? I wanted to learn about the land. Mm-hmm. And I took botany, so I got to learn how to identify plants. And I studied ethnobotany, which is how ethnic cult- how cultures use plants. So mm-hmm. I was interested in how, yeah. how First Nations people used medicines out here, yeah. out in BC. Because um, I just thought that was amazing. I still think it's amazing. I collect medicines to this day, and I think it's just the most wonderful and amazing thing. They worked. They still work. They still work. Yeah, they still when, work. When I was pregnant, I collected raspberry leaf so that I could have raspberry leaf tea to help me postpartum, and it sure did. I noticed a huge difference. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love raspberries. Yep. I wonder how does it how does the tea taste? Delicious. I love it? it. Yeah, I love it. Oh, well, I got raspberry it's bushes. Maybe I'll make do you just dry it out and yeah. then or yeah. do you boil it and just throw it in? So you just dry it out? Yeah. And then you can keep it all winter, right? Yeah. And then you, I like to pick my raspberry leaves after the raspberries have fruited. Mm-hmm. Because then you get if you have raspberries, right? Mm-hmm. Then the raspberries will be more prolific in their fruiting. Yeah. If you pick it before, then the ra- your raspberry production will go down. Oh, mm. okay. So I pick it after. Note to self. And then I dry it out. Yeah. And then I store it in a paper bag or a tea tin or something. Yeah. And then I just drink it all winter long. It's really good for women. Raspberry is like mm-hmm. the women's tea. Men can drink it as well. <laughs> this is not a gendered thing. Oof. But it's really good, especially for our hormones around our cycles and stuff and around postpartum yeah it's hmm. really good for women well i was thinking postpartum it would probably just have like an antidepressant sort of it has lots uh, of, of effects it yeah. definitely helps stabilize your hormones but it also provides you with like vitamins and nutrients that mm-hmm. you need yeah 
I took issue with you over something, and oh. I kept it to myself. I'm oh no! What was because, it? Because somebody, because somebody, put, like I always love to hear. Like I, I will have a definite opinion about something. <laughs> I, however, I am open enough to hear if somebody says to me, "Yeah, but Michael, what about this?" And I'm like, "Well, oh, what is it? You're burying the lead." You were. Um, you burn your paintings. <laughs> and I hear about this all the time. Off, and I just and fucking I thought, love it. <laughs> I thought, I thought, what a wait. Like, what? And I thought, because, I mean, I, I so will good. get rid of my paintings, but I will paint over them. <laughs> right? So and then good. somebody said to me, I can't remember what they said, but it was something that, that changed my mind about it. And I yeah. thought, you know what? That's her art. Yeah. Right? And she can do whatever the fuck she wants with mm-hmm. it. And if she wants to burn them, good for her. <laughs> oh, it was great. Some of them, like, this is, uh, so it was a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I very, I had a an art auction, which I used to have regularly, but pandemics and pregnancies. Uh. <laughs> and so some of them were, like, old painting party designs because, you know, a couple of years ago I used to get, like, a hundred. I have a hundred painting party designs from six months. Mm-hmm. Like all paintings that I've done at painting parties. And it's like, what am I going to do with all of them? And so I'd sell some of them. And then what was left over might not be the cream of the crop. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was busy that painting party and I wasn't really paying attention. Or, you know, it was a painting party design I didn't like. Or just old paintings that I just fucking wanted to get rid of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And so I burnt them and it just was awesome it was awesome because i don't try i try not to be like hoarding onto things Mm -hmm. i try to let things go but i also try to like use what i have around me right Mm -hmm. so you know painting over something this doesn't seem unreasonable Mm -hmm. but there are technical reasons why i couldn't do that oh okay so if i to spending if I've got like a stack of like 50 paintings here and they all need to be gessoed at least three times and then the quality still is in there so all I can use them for is painting party designs like to teaching classes and then some things kind of ghost through mm-hmm. and they're just it's just a fucking pain in the ass I'm gonna spend a ton of money on gesso mm-hmm. and I'm gonna spend all of my time gessoing these goddamn canvases <laughs> and so people go well you can just give them to me and I just I just want to get rid of them and I just don't want people to tell me what to do and so I'm gonna yeah. burn them all burn <laughs> like, them all and I did, and some, honestly, other artists mm-hmm. slid into my DMs and gave me shit for it. I'm like, I don't care. This is my shit. You do whatever you yeah. want with your paintings. I ain't over there being like, oh, you got to get rid of your stuff because you have too many things. No, because I don't care what you do. Because <laughs> like, none of my business. It's my, this is right? my physical property. Yeah. Like, I can do what I want with it. And I have given yeah. some paintings away to people. Mm-hmm. I don't po- post that. Yeah. Just no, I uh, yeah, and that's just it. At first, I was it pissed people off, right? and it was yeah. awesome. It was so funny. <laughs> There's the Aaron I know. Hilarious. It's like <laughs> that's the Aaron I've come to know. I you just, know when uh, when when uh, and you, I don't know how you feel. So as a as a as a alumni, a resident artist, I had learned how. I'm like, oh man, I, sometimes I really get upset that I had to temper and I still do have to temper 
how I say things <laughs> and how I represent the arts council. Yeah. I found that a challenge. I don't know. Do you find that a challenge? Well, to be honest, I've been pregnant for so long that I've been really fucking busy. Like I've been pregnant and then I had a baby. So I don't have time to uh, like <laughs> to go be spouting off on things. I'm a little busy. <laughs> Priorities too. Yeah. Like I think I think baby baby takes priority over yes. a residence. I and you know what? Uh, I Yes. I get, I've never had kids of my own. So no. I have no, like I have my grandkids yep. who are my step grandkids and yep. I've seen them since they're born, but I don't have that, that paternal connection in yep. any way. And, uh, so I don't That's something get it. that I learned and it's hard won, not that you didn't do anything correctly, but for men, often that change happens by sleeping in close proximity to the little baby. Mm-hmm. That's how it happens for men. For women, it's more like oh, well, instinctual, you're carrying home, right? It. Like yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a little different. There's a biological connection, and even as when well. we adopt, yeah, it's a little different, right? Oh, okay, yeah. because we just many of us have that instinctual like need to take care of them, right? Yeah, but for men, it's a little harder. And because they just, you guys just don't get the hormone fluctuations, right? You just, it's just a little different, but that for men, it often comes by sleeping in close proximity oh. to the child, that mm-hmm. that ends up in a hormone change for men. And not so being like a grizzly bear or a lion and trying to eat them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, when, when can we expect your show to open? It will open on October 7th. I'm so excited. At 5 p.m., I believe. And I believe I'm giving an artist talk at 6. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very exciting. I'm very excited. Half-Breed Mother. Half-Breed Mother. Is yes. the name of the exhibition. Yes. And if you get a chance, I think, read the... Read the... Um, artist statement. The artist statement that goes along with the poster. I'll be posting it on, on the artist talk because it, it really puts things in perspective. I think mm-hmm. some people... We'll see that word and or that moniker and and be put off by it maybe and so I think it's important that they get that's it. my culture not yours you don't have to be offended for me like you know, <laughs> right I, and I was thinking about this as we were talking earlier it's like like so the the the, the term half breed and I was is it the so are you as as say uh, African American people are taking back the N word, are you is, are your people taking back that that? I name? wouldn't say that we are collectively doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm not going to put this on other oh, Métis yeah, yeah, people because yeah. okay, other Métis then, yeah. people may feel differently, right? But there are there's a book by Maria Campbell, who's mm-hmm. a Métis author, that's called Half Breed, and it's one of are like it's a classic mm-hmm. in the Métis world. It's very, um, it's very beloved for the way that she wrote about her story, because she grew up as a Métis person and was went through a very hard life. Um, but it's a it's a beautiful book and it's called Half Breed. So I'm not like alone out here mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. using the word Half Breed, um, but some people may have different feelings to it and that's completely up to them yeah that's good yeah but you know if you're not me too you don't have to sit over here be offended for me like i'm okay (laughs) i like the way you put that um 
October 7th coming, you'll see uh, like like a wonderful example of Métis art, Métis yes, style. Yes, Métis style. We are the flower beadwork people. Mm-hmm. And so I've used lots of those florals that um, are all over Saskatchewan in our beadwork. And it's just so beautiful. I've used them through my work and they're beautiful paintings of motherhood. And they're expressions of love and beauty and... I hope that you will know that they're on, but you won't be distracted by it. Like, they'll be script in the background, mm-hmm. but you will see these beautiful paintings of motherhood mm-hmm. in the Métis style. Erin yeah. Stang, thank you so much. Come and check out the show October 7th, 5 o'clock. Um, Artist Talk. We'll see if we can live stream it for those people that can't attend. Yeah. We'll see. I, I'm, it's still a technology that I'm <laughs> that I'm trying to work out. It's hard. And um, and also we're going to try and put together a little video through Shaw Cable that we've done before with other artists in the Arts North series. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much. I learned some thank stuff. You so much. Yes, I'm glad. There's so much I can just talk forever with you about this. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of Arts North was recorded and produced at the Arts North Podcast Studio in Prince George, British Columbia. If you want to check out more of Aaron Stagg's fine art, go to AaronStaggArt.com or you can check it out on Facebook, Aaron Stagg Fine Art, and Instagram at Aaron Stagg Art, all one word. I'm Michael Cast for Arts North.